You've fallen down the rock and roll rabbit hole. Hello. Hey. Welcome back to Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole. I'm Kevin Gibson. And I'm Butch Bays. And we are happy to come back once again to talk some music with you. We have a really fun show lined up tonight. But first, the opening ceremonies. (laughs) What do we have here, Butch? I'm going to... I've got some notes on this lovely beer. Okay, we've got Cheatin' Heart IPA, which I retrieved in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. For Alabama! For, for our drinking pleasures here. And uh, That looks lovely. This is the most far afield beer that we've had featured so far on the show. And we are not sponsored by Yellow Hammer Brewing. We are not. But are not. I read on the label that this is, features Azaka. And mosaic hops. Mosaic hops always smell oh, really oh good. Oh my goodness, that's lovely. It's a bounty. To the rock and roll rabbit hole and to rock and roll in general. Nice. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Very nice. All yeah. right. So what's tonight's song, okay. Butch? Tonight we're going to tackle another one of my favorites, which we, we tend to hover around my favorite songs from the 80s so Because you won't let me do my favorite songs. Well, we, we, <laughs> No, gonna, we did My yeah, Sharona. Yeah, we did My Sharona. <laughs> yes, we did. So we're, we're trying to work them in, you know. <laughs> we'll get to your favorites. Once we get to your favorites, we're going to go, like, way down the rabbit hole. We're going we're gonna to do 60s, so. 70s, 80s, maybe a little 90s, you yeah. know. But right now we're stuck in the early 80s. We are at the moment. We're 19. still, like, pre-Back to the Future, which yeah. is kind of a confusing sentence, but... We're going to talk about 8675309 slash Jenny. 8675309. Tommy Two Tone. Tommy Two Tone. I, I didn't know Tommy Two Tone was spelled T U T O N E. Oh, yeah. You know that? But an uh, interesting fact. No, I, I didn't really. I just, just didn't pay attention. But an uh, uh, interesting fact to me uh, that I found out is, is a rabbit hole fact that. Um, they went as Tommy and the Two Tones yeah. for a time, and so. actually had a minor hit with that. They did have a oh, yeah. the minor hit was released under that name. Yeah, I think oh, so. Wow. Yeah. Well, speaking of, let's get the tail of the tape, and we can learn okay. more about the song. Let's start off with the tail of the tape. Eight six seven five three zero nine. Jenny is a 1981 song written by Alex Call and Jim Keller, and performed by Tommy Two Tone. It was released on the album Tommy Two Tone Two. Tommy Two-Tone 2. Dose. There's a lot of T's. Yeah, dose. <laughs> on the Columbia Records label. It peaked at number four on the Billboard Hot 100 yep. chart in May of 1982. And number one on the short-lived Billboard Hot Mainstream Rock tracks. So who knows what that exactly That was one of those short-lived, yeah, because they had a, a great one of the album tracks. Yeah, they wanted a particular, like, rock chart, you know? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so it was number one on the mainstream rock tracks in uh, April 1982. The song went number two in Canada. (laughs) Canada, you know. Maybe we give Canada not enough credit. They've got good taste up there. Yeah. They loved I Love Rock and Roll. They They loved this song. They loved Kids in the Hall. Yeah. They loved beer. So of the two writers there, we got Alex Call. And uh, to me, it's I think it's kind of ironic already that Alex Call's big song he penned is about making a phone call or like a, a phone number, which is already kind of yep. hilarious. But it's a built-in pun. It is a built-in pun. And then Jim Keller 
is the uh, uh, he's Tommy Heath's right hand man right. in Tommy Two Tone. So, right. So the lead singer that we see is is not Tommy Two Tone. The band is Tommy Two Tone. Right. And Tommy and Heath is the lead Tommy singer. Tommy Heath. Right. And then his uh, you know, you could tell it was kind of his partner in the band. His main creative helper there was Jim Keller, and he was co-writer on the song. Yep. And so because uh, he's the one, from what I read, he's the one who said this should be a phone number on a bathroom wall. Because Call just had the name and the number and the melody and the riff, and he was—I was like, I'm not sure what to do with it. Right. And Keller showed up and said, "Well, that's—you've got a girl's number on a wall. I mean, come on." So it's funny that that kind of line that, that is in the in the song is like almost just came out of his mouth naturally. It sounded like it was the first thing he yeah. he, he uh, remarked about yeah. that. I thought <laughs> so perfect. It kind of really made it, you know. Alex Call had a lot of the thing already kind of realized as far as he had a chorus. He had the chord progression, but then... He didn't uh, have the story. He, yeah, Jim yeah. Keller came in with the story, man. It was just uh, really cool. Uh, I mean, that turned it into this whole thing. And, and they when they originally wrote it, what I understand is Jim Keller says they put... Uh, the, the lyrics were uh, like R-rated. You know, oh, so yeah. it was kind of... Uh, they made it a joke. I did song. read that in passing, yeah. Did you hear that? And when he came in to play it with the band, he decided, wow, it's, it sounds so good and it's so fun that we better take this more seriously. Yeah. So he uh, he kind of like... I, I so guess, it could have been a hooker song. <laughs> I think it started out as a hooker song. And then he <laughs> kind of... I think he uh, made it from R-rated to sort of a PG. I think yeah. it's a PG song. Well, I liked that it sort of turned into, here's this shy dude that wants to call her, but is sort of afraid to he's not sure if you know if he should or not and that's what it makes me think of yeah it's a guy that's got this number and he's like that's I what know. i was getting out of it like a guy that probably um is an unsuccessful uh, in the romantic uh, realms yeah. right and or just insecure yeah. you know that's like what's why it appeal, appeals to teenagers you sure know, because we're all insecure when we're teenagers and the ones who aren't are just faking it. Yeah, well, yeah, and I yeah. totally got the kind of the gist of this character. I thought it was really fleshed out in a good way that way. Yeah. I mean, he sounds like he might be a little crazy, but everybody in their teen years is a little crazy, right? So, yeah. But he's lived out this whole fantasy over just having a phone number and a name. He's, he's full-blown in love with Jenny, and she makes him so happy, and things are great. He doesn't know what she looks like. He's never met her, yeah. He doesn't know what her personality's yeah. like. He doesn't know her age. But he is, he is like, extrapolated this whole thing that this yeah. is his salvation, right? You know, <laughs> Haven't we cool. all done that at some point in our lives? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. But it, that was, like, a really interesting thing. I think that's part of what makes this song great. I think there's a lot of hooks in it, like the the numbers sing so well and repeats so well in the yeah. song. And it, you know, it just, the repetition uh, I think is what really makes it, along with the riff. Um, yeah. But um, it's 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 one of those you know the era. It's like it was one of those. Would it have been a hit without MTV? Because they made a cool video for it. I have real doubts as to what what would have happened with it this was, song. Right, it was part MTV. of that new era of, of music, you know, popular music, and you know, between the the riff and the the kind of the they had the the, the really pretty girl in the video playing Jenny, and I've got an aside on her as well uh, that I'll get to later. But I've got her name, Karen Elaine Morton. Yes, 
What's your side on her? What, what do you have? Um, she actually was a Playboy model as well. <laughs> Is that right? Had okay. a few minor movie roles. Um, and really? In, in 2004, she actually uh, was diagnosed with a rare autoimmune disorder and went blind. No and way. And died from it uh, about 10 years later. Oh, no yeah. way. Part of our childhood going, yep. I guess. So. Yep. It was like super rare thing. So well, that was... So now that we're up to MTV, and I agree, MTV certainly was making hits at the time, yeah. right? That was a good video, fun to watch. Uh, but what did you make of the video? What What do you think of? Like, I thought it was a, a super well done video. It's got live performance, which we always like. Yeah, and it's just it, it was one of those things where you feel like you kind of like you're seeing this band in a bar, you know, and it's not like a. It wasn't like watching the Van Halen video or a ZZ Top video. I wrote down they they didn't look like Led Zeppelin. Like well, there you go, yeah. They didn't look like Led Zeppelin or Cheap Trick. They looked like two uh, drinking buddies. There you go. Did you I feel just, that way? And, but and it wasn't overproduced. They they got a they got a pretty girl. They right. got the right lead. You know they had the but yeah. A lot of it was just what you said. It's just the, you're just in a bar seeing this band and you've got like this little sort of recurring story. And they didn't look like rock gods. No. You know? They blew their budget on the girl, right? Yeah. They hired this pretty girl. That's probably most of their budget, right? I mean, she was a Playboy bunny. Well, well there you me? go. Yeah. What's our budget? Let's give it all to her. Well, uh, Jim <laughs> Keller says she didn't want to have anything to do with them. <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> yeah. He said she certainly didn't want to have anything to do with us, which I thought was kind of an interesting behind-the-scenes thing. But my here, here are some of my takes on the video. I thought this was interesting. Uh, Tommy's featured as a peeping Tom in the video. Right. So whoever concocted this kind of uh, thing. And he ends up in jail at the end with this sort of sad sack look on his face. And he's prisoner, prisoner number 8675309, right. of course. Yeah, yeah. in the ending. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they, they just look like, you know, drinking buddies to me, people you could know. And I thought, like, Tommy himself... Sort of, I thought his name was Tommy Two-Tone at the time. Did you have the... Oh, yeah, I did for years and years and years. I mean, he's wearing a red shirt and red shoes, and you're thinking, this is this is Tommy Two-Tone right. and his band. And right? I'm sure they didn't do a whole lot to dispel that because... You <laughs> no, know. I wouldn't think. Well, and people like, still don't know. <laughs> and, and the same thing is, like he, they made up stories about there being a real Jenny and all this stuff over the years to just make it a better story. He yep. at one point was like, yeah, well, she was a real, you know, like, and that was her parents' number or something goofy like that. And they made up probably a hundred different stories, it sounds like to me. Which just helped the legend grow and, you know. It did, but that's part of the reason we're talking about it even here in 2021 is right. 40 years later, 40 is it, years later. Is it dishonest? Yes, of course it is. It's marketing. It, it was all about marketing. <laughs> so it's definitely dishonest yeah but. I watched a really good interview with Jim Keller and I'm pulling a lot of things from him of course he's a co-writer of the song so right. and he's a performer he said that they had one of those uh, press days at Columbia Records mm -hmm. where they would sit down at, at a you know, junket is that what it's called yeah, and, then you, and then you line up reporters and yep. them in one junket. time okay so the, each reporter gets that's what my, that's my journalism background okay you're good <laughs> so on a junket how many times how, mu how many minutes does a reporter generally... It just depends. Depends on the act. If it's Drew Barrymore, five. If it's Tommy Two-Tone, probably 10, 15. 10, 15. <laughs> but anyway, the first reporter comes in when the song's starting to hit and everything, and they say, 
so tell us about Jenny, you know, and the numbers. Is she a real girl, you know, whatever? Yeah. And Jim Keller says, oh, no, Alex made it, made up the number and the name under, he was sitting under a plum tree, we found plum tree, out, yep. <laughs> in his backyard, and he made up the number. And so then that reporter moves on, and their PR person from Columbia says, don't ever do that again. Yeah. Don't answer with <laughs> a boring answer. I didn't see that. Answer. That's amazing. And so he's, he was like, oh. And they, she said, Make up anything you want, and you can tell every reporter something different, but don't do it's that. It's like the Joker's origin. Oh, is that no right? No one really knows how the Joker <laughs> well, was, was created. It's, wow. There's the, there's, there's the headline we were looking for for this. Oh, well, there it goes. We'll put it up there, man. Well, and, but the, the one we sort of sort of talked about was the, the calling it the troll that keeps on trolling. Right. Yeah. And that's because the number was, can we get to this now? A real number. It was a real number, which was unheard of. It's always if you if you see a, a movie or a TV show and they have a phone number, it's always five five five. It's become a, a kind of a, li- a little canard, hadn't it? To see well, five five five. But it's a Hollywood thing. It's like okay, we're, we're we have to keep this from being used so that we can do this and not tick people off. And so they won't get sued. Yeah, you yep. know, because you can even have. I mean, yep. I think people try to sue. Uh, Tommy Two Tone, the band, for putting out a real number in a song, but they they couldn't uh, they couldn't live with changing it to a fake number. They said it wouldn't work at all, which I totally agree. No, yeah, it would would have been so disingenuous. Which is great, is this has a Kentucky connection. We're here in Louisville, Kentucky, right? Has a you've got that? Let's. Oh, do I have it here? Okay, I think you do. I've got it. If you don't, there was a high school. I think it was a high school in Paducah, Kentucky. They. He They're, said Paducah or Louisville. Okay, oh, is that what they said? Okay, that's what. Yeah, that's what uh, Keller All said. All these things had to be taken with a bit of a grain of yes. salt because uh, this was later. Yeah, because of the old PR advice to uh, <laughs> change the story all the time. But they allegedly got fifty thousand calls yeah. in one week, which I am not. I I completely believe that. At that time, what can you imagine that happened? Yeah, I mean, that's because MTV was behind it. MTV was pervasive, yes. right? It was everywhere. Yeah. And kids, you know, kids in their teen years like us, I'm, I mean, we watch, I watched it all day. I never night. called it, but I never called the number, but, you know, it was, always, it was always joked about. Um, yeah. So, like, he also said that he met a, a family from Florida who loved, they had the number. Okay, yeah. At some point, and, and so now... They've the entire family is on a plan, and they all have five three zero nine as their last four digits. Oh, they do. That's what Keller said. Yeah. So they've sort of um, kind of it's become like just a family thing to, for them. <laughs> yeah, because they love the song and they love the idea that they had the number for a while. Of course, they had to change it. But uh, and then he also said a lot of women use that as a brush off to rude guys in bars. I think that's one of the bands and Alex call it in particular's favorite things about the song is that it is. Uh, Used as a number that girls give a like some drunk guy in a bar. Yeah, you know she can give him her number, and it's you know it's a, you yep. Know, they they realize the next day that it's not years and years and years ago. I dated a girl who she had written down uh, the number of like a local like army recruiting station and was giving that out when guys would ask her in a bar. Oh wow! <laughs> so they would call wow. and get the army recruiting station. That is pretty dark. And then of course, right then of course they they had the caller ID and would just <laughs> hound them. <laughs> so oh my God. what a great so you're gonna trolls to keep on giving crazy keep on trolling crazy. but anyway <laughs> but I want to get back to the this bar band business well because I've got we'll one get, aside no, first no, do it do the it. whole 555 five, five thing then we'll get back to that yeah I want to talk so five, five, five. 
So there was one other, there was a movie during that time that used a real number, and it was Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters had one. In the, okay. in the short commercial for the Ghostbusters in the movie, it's Gordy Weaver's watching it on her TV. Yep. They say, call the Ghostbusters, and it flashes up there for about a second or less. But it's a real number. And it's a yep. real number. It's 212-897-1964. Right. Sony bought the number and created a voicemail or you know a, a greeting that Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd recorded for that purpose. No, nope. and it was, and you can you can find it online. Just search it; you can find it online. <laughs> and it's it's basically they they're talking about thanks for calling Ghostbusters. We're in the midst of trying to, to rid this. It's like a some sort of modeling competition, and so they start talking about these different models and like, and Bill Murray's like, well, I can't, I don't want to leave Fifi alone. She seems <laughs> like she does, she's kind of scared. <laughs> right. They wind up talking about taking him out to a bar to question him and like, and we'll oh, see what happens, you know. Yeah. And so it's like just one of those like a, like they were just obviously just riffing. So sure, then they sure. they used it again in 2014 with Annie Potts when they were promoting the reboot. Oh, and then again in 2016. Uh, when the reboot came out with Chris Hemsworth, who was in the movie, yeah, with new recordings, so it was the wow. same number. They kept the number the entire time. Wow! So there's a little aside about about using real numbers in in, in projects like this. I heard there by the number first. Yeah, <laughs> there was one in Bruce Almighty or something was like yes, a, that was one. one of one of the more recent. You yeah, know, Bruce that, Almighty had one as well. But uh, apparently, you stir up a whole can of worms when you use one, unless you're like Ghostbusters and you figure out how. Right, to, exactly. Know. Find find a number that's free and just buy it. But the Tommy Two-Tone thing, I think since it was in all these uh, area codes. Right. And it's it's it, the, the we'll investigate this later on in the program, right. but uh, it's uh, supposedly been taking, taken, or it's inactive in most yeah. Uh, yeah. area codes now. They've taken it down as a number because of the headaches people have. But I wanted to get back to this sort of bar band business okay. because they were an actually a bar band in right. Northern California. They were based in San Francisco, mostly played up north of San Francisco. But uh, Although Tommy's from Cincinnati. Is he really? Yeah. I, yeah. He said he's a Midwestern guy. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I may have heard that at some point over the years, but I didn't know. They met out there, uh, Jim Keller's from uh, uh, New Jersey. Yep. And uh, he said when he went out to California to seek his fortune, he had his guitars in the back of his truck and a table saw. <laughs> so he made money one way or the he's other. Kind of a working man, yeah. That's great. I love that. I thought it was just what a great image, you know. But um, they were literally a bar band. They got you know somehow got a you know got a showcase and got this record deal and put a record out. And the next thing they know, they went from playing like some podunk little bar in Northern California to opening for Tom Petty on, on the, uh, uh, yeah. you know, like the refugee tour, uh, at Red Rocks. That was like their first real show, like taste of, you know, show business was playing like a 20,000 seater in Colorado. And, uh, yeah. they just said it was just like completely freaked them out, but I guess they, they learned to deal with yeah. it. So <laughs> that's the kind of shit that happened back then. I think oh, a, lot that more right? than, yeah. a lot more than now because that's just the way it worked. You get on MTV, and you, then you boom, suddenly you're the, you're the hot thing, and they're going to make sure that you get seen. Man, that just must have been crazy. It's sort of, that's 
you know, that's the rock and roll dream. Sort yeah. of the American dream as manifested as a rock and roll I thing. I keep hoping you know? we'll get to live it someday. Uh, well, you never know. No one's ever you discovered this yet. Well, we haven't come up with a really good phone number song yet. So oh, there you go. <laughs> that might get us there. <laughs> I want to look through here and make sure we're covering all the all the bases. We're about 21 minutes here. So. Yep. Uh, stuff, this is stuff we're going to edit out later, folks. Just, well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this will all be going. <laughs> uh, let me see. Oh, yeah, I want to talk about... Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, this... Uh, yeah, that. Yeah, in this. Okay. All right. Uh, here's another interesting thing I found out. Uh, there was an interview with Tommy Heath where he says... Uh, the song is... Cat. He goes, yeah, it's catchy. They said that the whole time, you know, from the very start, like when... Uh, Alex Call played it to Jim Keller, and then when uh, Jim Keller played it to the band, then the band played it to the you know masses and the record company. Ears perked up the whole way, yeah. like it was obviously had something going for it. Tommy Heath was quoted as, as saying, "Yes, it's catchy." He says, "I mean, it's kind of like thought control. <laughs> You're just repeating the thing over and over." Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said one time I counted how many times it was in there, and now I forget. I know. I counted Just it. Count it. Okay, now. <laughs> you have way too much free time. Well, maybe. No, no, I don't. I did this in the middle of the night. So, I would like you to venture a guess. I think this is just an interesting kind of way to approach this. I've got the number. To me, would you like a hint? <laughs> no, I just want to guess. 32. That is an excellent guess. Okay, now. Uh... The hint I was going to give you is that it was lower than I thought. Oh, okay. So take guess number two, and then I will tell you. Twenty-four. Twenty-two. Okay. You were right in there, man. Thirty-two was like I was like, whoa, you almost nailed it. <laughs> Twenty-two times, including the call and respond. I was going you know? for divisible by four. Oh. I just, you know, I was trying to go for one of those numbers. That was smart because <laughs> it is, it, there are, yeah. yeah, there are fours. So, but I counted the call and response because that's obviously the, the, yeah. the number being repeated. But yeah, it, it's, it's been like thought to be sort of almost like hypnotism, you know, yeah. in some kind of way. And I feel like it is, but I never get tired of being hypnotized by it myself. So. But uh, Tommy Heath dropped out of music after the song kind of did its arc and they had one more album. They didn't really get along, these guys, which I always hate hearing that, but they really weren't. You know, they didn't get along that well. And they the band broke up and Tommy Heath dropped out of music for 12 years and uh, he became a computer programmer. So he's apparently like really good yeah. with computers. At least we know he can... He can not only rake in some royalty checks, but also, you know, make a living outside of that if it ever dries up. He's got something to fall back on, right? You know, he says he considers himself like a computer geek. Yeah. To me, he's got kind of like... Well, he looks like a geek, I mean... He's got sort of like a Clark Griswold kind of lovable yeah. loser, you know, kind of a nice looking guy, but also sort of... A, he's definitely yeah. tall, because we met him... Well, there you uh, go. We, we, they opened for the Romantics about, what, four or five years ago. Yeah, so he's on the um, the uh, what, casino circuit now, yeah. which is a lot of 80s bands have found good a money. third act or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah, making good money on the casino circuit. So that night we got to meet the Romantics, where you already knew them. Uh, we, Smithereens, you got which to I already knew re, them. re-meet the Smithereens. And yeah. then we, for the first time, each of us met Tommy Heath. 
which I just said, hey, Tommy, which thank, thank goodness, goodness I yeah. finished the sentence, but um, Tommy was in a state. But how he do, was, he, how, he how was, he had Tommy? partaken of some, some herbal substances backstage. Let's see. He was very relaxed. He wants to legalize it and not criticize it. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting that he was so mellow and like he had his dark glasses. He um, was very relaxed. Very relaxed. And uh, I mean, I, you know, he was nice enough. He didn't have a whole lot to say. I he remember, didn't, but my, he was friendly to us. I remember sure. my girlfriend said that, that uh, he looked her up and down and just then ignored her. I don't think he found her worthy of his attention. Or that's what she felt. I said, I didn't get that, but, you know, that's up to you. Um, <laughs> but the, we always talk about that show uh, in the context of he opened the show. The Romantics played second. The Smithereens finished the show. And yeah. Tommy played four songs. That's all. Yeah. And I'll let you. I'll let you tell our listeners. Well, I, don't, I don't know if I remember. I <laughs> well, know he closed with the, he, the song. He opened with a short version of of Jenny, and then he did two covers, Jim oh. Croce covers, and well, then that, he closed. Now that's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, and then he closed with he did the long version twice. Of, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't even think I realized that, but that's yeah. what I would. Ha- I, that's what I would have had him do. Could I? Well, ask him to. And, and, and here's here's why he got paid a certain amount of money to play a 15 or 20 minute show yes and he walked out of there and probably probably is back living in Cincinnati now for all we know uh, yeah. and was able to just drive home and take his you know whatever his cut was from the show he did hang out though for yeah. some kind of time I think that's right? part of what they get paid for is to hang out mm. you know I think that's part of the deal I understand um, but like I was thrilled to meet him I was thrilled to hear him play the song. But when, when I saw him in probably 2001 in Dayton, Ohio, yeah, um, they opened for the Knack. Okay. And yeah. I, I had never, you know, I just knew the one song. That's it. You know, so everyone in the audience knew the one song. And actually, VH1 was there taping that day. There's probably footage of this show somewhere. Whoa. Yeah, they were there with cameras and stuff. That's um, cool. But they played, they, they had written at some point along the way, written a sequel called Jenny's Calling. Now I heard that. And now they, that's fairly recent, isn't it? Or, or, or I mean, it's relatively. at least two thousand and two. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. But you know, but it was like we we thought that was just high comedy because it's like okay, you're never going to recreate that. Right. But like the show was fine. It was they played like thirty five minutes, you know, and yeah. it was fine. But my my friend Laura and I, who went with with me that day, we always kind of joke about that. Jenny's call. I haven't heard Jenny's calling on the radio lately. You know, we always kind of oh, made that it's joke. Rough man, it's but, rough. But you know, it was just interesting to see it and like. But when when they finally, after all the songs we sat through that no one knew, when they finally played that song, the place went wild. That's what people want. And the of, same thing yeah. happened with the knack when they played Mushroom. It was well, the, same, the same thing. <laughs> it's that weird effect, isn't yep. it? Like, I think <laughs> you and I, like, we talked about it on, on the My Sharona episode, that we would take being a one-hit wonder, right? We would take that sort of thing. But the more well, I observe these bands... Yeah, didn't Keller say that there's not a lot of books written about two-hit wonders? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> he said, you know, that people call us that. But, yeah, there's not a lot of books written about two-hit wonders, which I agree. Yeah. But anyway, I, I think I would want to be a one-hit wonder band. But, but when I observe kind of what their life kind of feels like, I don't know. I'm kind of, I, I, it, it maybe doesn't seem as glamorous as what I would want it to be. Yeah. What's I your st- thought there? I still think it, it, it's better than being a no-hit wonder. True. We're refilling, we're replenishing our uh, cheating heart beers here. You know, we've, so. we've released, what, 
six albums or EPs, and we're still a no-hit wonder, and I'm, we have fun doing it, but... <laughs> They don't write books about those. They either, don't write do they? books about us. Two hits. Well, unless no you're hits. unless you're government cheese and, and the lead <laughs> the lead guy and that wrote it. So maybe maybe I'll write a book about us. Anyway, uh, well, no, that would be good. You need to do that at some point. So, so the number itself. So like, all right, let's we, talk. we talked about the whole the whole thing of it became this thing where you couldn't own it. Well, there was a in 2004, federal laws were passed because of cell phone usage. That you could keep your cell phone number indefinitely. Right. Well, that's a good law, by the way. And so a guy had 212-867-5309 right. and decided to sell it on eBay. Right. And apparently the bidding was like going really well. because I a bunch of 80 grand as a yeah, number? Yeah, businesses wanted it. And eBay canceled the auction. It got stopped. Yeah, they they pulled it. What they decide that it's a public. It's not. Public it's it's public utility. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not. It's not really something you own, like you own a car or a house. I'm kind of sort of okay with that. Yeah, so. it's just interesting that that they would drive up eighty thousand dollars that at the time was what thirty years old. So that's what I'm saying, man. The yeah, thing still 20 has years old, street cred. Yeah. It's crazy. There are still calls being made, probably. Parks and Rec, the, the Leslie the, Nope, Leslie the, the, nope yeah. woke up from a drunk night out or yeah, whatever that's right. and said she called the number 100 times, right? Yep. Um, it was featured on Cheers, which yep. you know, that's a little more contemporary with this song, but um, seems like there was one other, but interesting how it lives on. Okay, now for something completely ridiculous, and I, I feel... This is uh, really bad, but I hate to do this to you. But I, but I looked up numbermatic.com. Right. Facts about the. Uh, I did the find I did find at least one thing from that. Oh, so, did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eight six seven five three zero nine. Is that eight million six hundred seventy five thousand? Yeah, sounds right. Three hundred and nine is a prime number. Yep, prime number. Like all primes greater than two, it is odd and has no factors apart from itself, and one. I thought that was kind of weird that it just landed it on is a prime number. Indivisible, yeah. But does that give the number more power somehow in the well, universe? Well, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. And and it survived forty years. That boy, yeah. Well, yeah, liberty and justice. Okay, so there they also had this little section. How big is eight million six hundred seventy-five three oh nine? And it's uh, in seconds. It's equal to fourteen weeks, two days, nine hours. 48 minutes and 29 seconds, no less. So 14 weeks. Only here on Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole, yeah, folks. Yeah, you didn't. This has got to be You're something. welcome in advance. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, to count from 1 to 8675309 would take you about 21 weeks. It's a rough estimate, and it's uh, talking about average speaking rates, and it doesn't account for potty breaks, which... For me, or, it would take probably 30 weeks. Or when you pass out or have a psychotic episode <laughs> after doing that. Which for, you certainly would would have. I'm about to have one now. So do you think <laughs> there's... I always wanted us to have a Guinness record. And I wonder if maybe that's that's our record. We're, we're going we're gonna to be the first band to count out 8,675,309. We'll take shifts. We'll get all of our present and past band members can i just go ahead and quit the band now or <laughs> should we have a meeting you can't quit your own band <laughs> all right so now we've talked about all the lore around this number yep i think there's only one uh rightful way to end this display what's what's your thoughts 
This is something that, that we talked about. I had this idea yesterday. We've just got to call the number and see what happens. So we're going to call for our our area code, which we're not going to. I'm just going to type talk. in the number, and, 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 and Verizon will do the rest. Oh, you're going to just do the number. I'm just going to call with, the number without and, an area code. It'll it'll default, I'm sure, to to oh, our okay. area code. Okay, nice. Now we've never done this over all the years. All the temptation no. to do this. We probably shouldn't be doing it now, but we're going to do it anyway. Well, I agree. <laughs> so what we're going to do is, wait, hold on. I got an inadvertent six in there somehow. <laughs> okay, so there it is. You see it. Eight six seven five three zero nine. Okay, you got it right there. Show the camera. All right, here we go. Here we go. Okay, so I'm going to put it on speaker so that everyone okay. listening can hear it. This is being done for entertainment purposes only. We only. do not recommend you do this at home. Please do not. <laughs> Apparently Jenny's talking to Tommy right now. Jenny's busy. Oh, Well, that's man. a downer. That was a downer. All right, let's try it with a, an area code. I say put an area code. Let's do 812, which is right across the river. <laughs> This will be Hoosier Jenny. Oh, Train. Whoa, whoa. The number you have reached has been disconnected or oh. is no longer in service. Come on. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. Can we can we do the area code over here and just do Let's one? try 502. This is yeah. the last stab. <laughs> Come on, Jenny. Come on, Jenny. You we need you to answer. Yeah. Same one. Yeah. He's busy over here, too. All right. We tried, well, folks. Oh, we tried. We because tried. this is Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole, and we just had to <laughs> give it a shot. Oh, well. It's yeah. probably predictable that it would go this way. Somewhat predictable. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, we, we kind of came up with this idea, like, you know, the fact that this number is unavailable... You know, in in so many area codes, the fact that it was almost auctioned off eBay for eighty thousand dollars, you know, it really was the ultimate troll. But it's unavailable in twenty twenty one, which was like was a, space right, time for us because when we, of a song that was forty years old. That is a testament to the power of rock and roll and of this song. Which was maybe one of the catchiest songs ever known to man. And it's still, it's trolling us because we just tried to call it and we were snubbed. <laughs> yes, we were denied uh, three different times, as I recall. When it rang, I got so excited for I just know, a second. I thought, oh, please let someone answer. I thought somebody was going to get on there real cranky, you know, and we would have to apologize. I was hoping to be like a grumpy old man. I would say, is this Jenny? <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, so Jim Keller was one of those people that that started in the music business because he watched the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, and he was he was kind of already into him, and he, you know, he made that as appointment television. And then when he got his Meet the Beatles album, he said he felt like that you know God came down and handed him the Holy Grail. So I feel like this song in '81 was sort of just a, a like a just one more kind of Beatle moment, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying it's as good as the Beatles or whatever, but it was one more time when just the, you know, like a, a band of dudes just kind of hashing out some guitars and some fun yep. lyrics, kind of. And the '80s were were for that because it was an, it was a different thing, when you you know you got just these group of guys that you would say, oh, this is a cool song. Now we have this marketing tool that we never had. You know, the the, the movie The Wonders was sort of about that. We've got this song. Let's just let's just promote the song and just hope for the best with the band. 
Yep. You know, and then the band fell apart. Right. But, but, you know, I think that that's, you know, they didn't have MTV. Those were cute boys. They could have probably gone farther with sure. an MTV. <laughs> you know. But, you know, it's a it's a thing where people go see Taylor Swift and they say, oh, we love you, Taylor Swift. Sing whatever you want to sing, right? Mm-hmm. When people go see Tommy Heath or Tommy Two-Tone, the band, you know, back in the day, they yep. they didn't say, we love you, Tommy Two-Tone. Play us whatever you, you want. They they. Yep. They wanted to hear that song yep. and only and it was, that song. It was like Doug so. Figer said of, of My Sharona, if we play it now, the show's over. <laughs> if we play it now, the show's over. Speaking of the show being over. The show think, is over. I think we've covered it. I think man. we've covered it, yeah. So we're going to do uh, over the next 10 to 15 years, depending on our life expectancy, we're going to keep digging up songs and, uh, and, what, and what digging, you, going down that that hole going down the, the rabbit hole speaking of which my dog killed two baby rabbits today in the backyard so yeah that's real life that was i was there. thinking about that when i was looking into that hole hoping there were no more baby rabbits down that's, there that's a really sad fact to reveal on the yeah, rabbit yeah hole. on the rabbit hole radio but yeah that's that was my my life uh, speaking continuity yeah true so, so, so what yeah. songs do you want to where, where do you want to go to dig up our next songs are we going to be we're going to be mired in the 80s no 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 because we've already done a we've you know we've already recorded an episode with a song that was from the 70s you know we've we've, i've got many ideas for songs that are outside the 80s we're just we're just hitting touch points of things that we know but there's i mean i'm interested in some of the story songs of the 70s that was always a big thing to me Uh, we've got a lot of things in the 60s like billy don't be a hero is that a song that's uh, yeah and i you know that's a song um run joey run is a single i had as a kid that i would love to visit where that came from that Louie, Louie, Louie song. <laughs> There's a story. Well, I mean, another one I thought of is, you know, the the the, the song Superman by R.E.M. was a cover. That was oh, a true. song by a 60s garage band. It'd be fun to, to kind of dig into that backstory. We could talk about both bands. That'd be quite interesting. Yeah, yeah so. so. Yeah. You know, I heard you light up my life this week. and uh, Did I you think of I me? I hate it in its entirety. Did you think of me? I, I did think of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now the show's over. All right, yeah, <laughs> Cheers, Good Butch, night out to, there to in, another uh, episode. Yeah, podcast. Please join us again. Follow us on social medias. Follow Please us do. on whatever platform you're listening on. And we're hoping to uh, start a Patreon or some sort of sponsorship plan. If indeed you like what you hear, please help us out. We will see you next time on Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole. Right on. The number you have reached has been disconnected oh. and is no longer in service. Come on. I wonder why.